Welcome to Pick 3 Podcast. I'm your host, John. Today is Thursday, August 24th. I am here by myself in the basement. Uh, as we talked about last week, uh, Clayton is at Harry Potter World and Pat is away for work. And of course, it being Travers weekend, figure we need to jump on here and at least discuss it a little bit. I'll try not to ramble this time. I feel like I say that every time and then the episodes end up going 40, 50 minutes, whatever. But, you know, you have control of your podcast listening. So, you know, as much as I'd love to have you listen to me blabber on, you're welcome to hit the pause, fast forward. Got the cool little 30 second button. I'm sure everybody does that for advertisements, right? We don't have any on this show yet, but we're hoping to. So any of you marketing people or business owners out there that are interested, please reach out at Pick 3 Pod. Um, Clayton did let us know that Harry Potter World was a little underwhelming, which, you know, uh, that disappoints me because as previously mentioned, I am quite the Harry Potter fan, uh, even as a th- almost 35-year-old man, which I'm not ashamed to say. Those books were good and the movies were great and a lot of people would put it the other way around i'll be honest with you i read the books when i was a lot younger and kind of saw the movies later so i don't necessarily remember as much about the books but regardless this is not a harry potter fan club uh they you know a lot lot been going on in the horse racing world of course just like always i don't think any of us hit our pick fives yet again and quite frankly it was the alabama stakes I had the winner of the Alabama, but maybe the I might it must have been the race afterwards. There was two races afterwards that were non-graded stakes, or no, they weren't even stakes races. And I think I lost either one or both of those. The other guys I don't think had the winner of the Alabama. I could be wrong about that, but regardless, uh, you know, it wasn't a winner for us. Of course, this week is the Travers, so this is the biggest weekend at Saratoga. Um, lots of big names, of course. So you've got Forte. If you've been listening to this podcast, you've heard us talk ad, na- ad nauseum about Forte. Mage, Kentucky Derby winner, Archangelo, Belmont winner, uh, National Treasure, Preakness winner. So each leg of the Triple Crown, you got that. Uh, I apologize for the background noise. I'm actually watching Delmar right now, and they've got a interesting situation going on where they've delayed this seventh race for a pretty long period of time for a shoe repair on a Baffert horse, which was three to five prior to the shoe repair and is now even money. So we'll see if that affects this horse at all. It certainly is giving the better some pause, which I can imagine it would, you know, in that situation to me, I kind of think, if it's going to delay the race that much and it's a shoe issue, you would think they would scratch the horse, but evidently, you know, it's easy living out in Del Mar. And that's what we're going to do tonight. We're going to do a little easy living. Cause I feel like things in the horse racing world have been a little bit negative and it's time we turn that tide. It's time we turn that tide. And we're going to start by me saying something positive about quite frankly, my least favorite jockey in the game. And no, I'm not talking about Julian Leperu. As I've stated in the past, Julian Leperu is not, I'm all good with Julian. I'm not going to bet him, but I'm all good with him. Everything's, it's gravy. You know, he, he's, he's just a little past his prime. I am talking about the one and only Jose Lascano. And I saw a statistic 
this week that, you know, it kind of, quite frankly, it, it hurt my feelings a little bit because I was like, I've been dogging this guy since possibly the beginning of this podcast. And I, in my opinion, fairly so, but I give the guy some credit. He on the turf might be a little bit better jockey than I've actually cared to admit. There was a statistic that came out on Twitter that I sent to the guys and I was just like, Oh gosh, this is going to just, this does not make me feel good. It is a, so the, the tweet says with two weeks left at Saratoga, here are all the jockeys with 10 or more wins at the meet ranked by $2 return on investment. So a $2 bet. What, what are you returning on your investment? Number one, Jose Lascano. He's got 99 mounts, 18 wins. He's got a win percentage of 18.2, which is very respectable. Return on investment, $2.42. Now, I, I know that doesn't sound like much, but you got to think of, of you know, 99 mounts. I mean, that's that's pretty good. Um, just to go down the list real quick of some familiar names, but not as, you know, Dylan Davis is second at 239. TGAF, 203. Rosario, 202. Rosario has been getting a lot of flack lately about his ride, so... To see him kind of up there is, you know, kind of tells some people that maybe it's not quite as bad as as it may appear. Manny Franco, you've heard me talk a lot about him, has the lowest percentage on the winning percentage on this list, but dollar ninety six. That four horse won, by the way, with the shoe repair. So that goes to show you. Good thing they didn't scratch it. Louis Saez, Flavian Pratt, Jose Ortiz, uh, Ricardo Santana Jr., and Irad. So Irad is Last on this list, he's got the second highest win percentage behind TGAF, but his return on investment is $1.42. So what does that tell you? Of course, IRAD is getting bet down all the time. Uh, Andy Serling says, if you watch the Fox Sports, oh gosh, the four even broke out of the gate poorly, almost fell to its knees. That's I'm sorry for bouncing around, but that's quite incredible. If you get a chance, watch the seventh race at Del Mar uh, on Thursday night. Go back and watch that because this is a turns out to be a very impressive win by the four horse. Of course, it's a Baffert. So, um, you know, anyway, so uh, I ride horses get bet down. Is that because I ride? Yes. Is it also because he gets the best horses? Yes. So, you know, Andy Serling on the Fox News on the Fox Sports uh, feed always talks about how if you're betting I ride horses all the time, you're going to go broke. Because the value is not there, and you know, and, and quite frankly, a lot of times, if you if you watched a meet like what happened this winter at Gulfstream, like who could blame you? I mean, the guy literally could not lose. It was just it was incredible to watch, and it, even me after that coming out of that going into April at, at Keeneland, I was like. I don't know how you don't bet this guy. And then we had Keeneland and it was kind of a realization back to like, Hey, like it's, he's not quite as automatic all the time as he may have been at Gulfstream. Like particularly when you've got all of the best jockeys from everywhere, a la a Keeneland or a Saratoga. So yes. Is that a, a, a dog on, on IRAD? No, absolutely not. But you know, as far as your return on investment, he's not quite getting you the value there. I mean, quite frankly, if you're looking at the most impressive one on here and this, you know, Lesgano has the highest return on, 
on investment, but he's not quite there with win percentage. You got to give it to TGAF. I mean, yes, he gets really good mounts. And if it's Kentucky, he's getting the best between him and Saez. But not at Saratoga. I mean, when you've got some of these other guys in front of you, he's probably fourth, fifth on the list, something like that. He doesn't even have a mount in the Travers. I mean, part of that's just, you know, bad luck in the sense of, you know, you just didn't have a horse get there and everybody else is already attached there. So it's not necessarily an indictment on TGAF as a jockey. But, you know, having said that, I mean, his peers, and quite frankly, Mage, who, you know, of course, won the Kentucky Derby. Unfortunately, Louis Saez, who was supposed to ride Mage in place of Castellano, who decided to ride at Archangelo. Um, when Saez got hurt, you know, I thought TGAF might be the, the one. And, and they went with Pratt, which, I mean, who can blame him there? But, I mean, you know, maybe TGAF needs a little bit more of the, the national recognition. So... In keeping with the positive vibes of today, I think it's important that we also like just kind of talk. I mean, two episodes ago, my wife was even like, "Man, that that episode was depressing." We, you know, we talked about the death of the horse at Saratoga. We talked about how all the everybody felt like they were getting screwed by Naira, so on and so forth. And you know that that could have been the case, whatever. But having said that, this is still a really fun game, and we all enjoy watching and hearing about it. But I got to tell you, you got to get off Twitter because horse racing Twitter is just, oh, I don't know how anybody does it. Because if you go on there, you just, you really will convince yourself you're a victim, even though we are the ones playing this game. I mean, it's gambling. Like, you're going to lose. It's just a matter of fact. Like, and everybody on Twitter seems to think they're being wronged all the time. And to give a little bit of credit, there are times where you kind of feel like the tracks, the horse player or the tracks least concern. And maybe to some extent that's true because well, they're, they're going to keep playing it and that's just the way it is. But you know, that it is what it is. It's gambling. Like you, you don't go to, to a blackjack table and get upset with the dealer like actually upset because you kept getting bad cards. I mean, there are, I haven't said that there are people that probably do that. In fact, we have a friend that I think even he might've been a little overserved, kept requesting a dealer he had had from the night before who was no longer even there. He was not even there, but this, he, he kept saying, I want Don. I think it was the guy named, give me Don, give me Don to this poor Asian lady who literally was just as sweet as can be dealing him, really bad cards, nothing, you know, nothing she could do about it, but it's gambling. It's gambling folks. So message out there is to stay positive, you know, quit while you're ahead. Don't chase losses. All these things I'm halfway telling myself as I'm telling you kind of reminds me of a friend of mine. I'm going to talk about another friend of mine. And his name is also Peter. If you can remember last time I talked about Peter, it was a different Peter. This is, this is, another friend named Peter and you know, the, the, I, to kind of keep themes with a negative to positive, Peter was having some issues at work. He was just, he was down in the dumps all the time. He had a girlfriend, but there was kind of some suspicion there that she may have been not faithful to him. I'll put it that way. 
Peter lived in a, you know, one bedroom apartment. Uh, this was after college. He worked for a software company, hated going to work, hated his boss. Kind of always the way he would explain it to me is every time his boss would tell him to do something, he had four people right behind him tell him to do the same thing. Very little organization worked in a cubicle, you know, kind of one of those, those jobs that not, you know, if you, if you have a job like that and you enjoy it, then great. But, you know, sometimes those, those can be a little bit mundane and, you know, occasionally he would have to even come in on a Saturday and, you know, it was affecting his relationships, his friendships, everything like that. And even his girlfriend who maybe wasn't as faithful to him, convinced him like, Hey, you've been down in the dumps. We need to go see a therapist. So he, went and saw a therapist and uh, this therapist actually was a hypnotist also and was hypnotizing him into, you know, basically we're just going to stop caring about all that stuff. We're just going to, you know, go with the flow. Like every, everything's just going to slide right off your back. And he came away from that thing. Now something happened with the therapist in the session. I'm not exactly sure what, but uh, he came away with it. And all of a sudden he was just felt like this new man. You know, he had these negative vibes and all of a sudden they were gone and he goes into work the next day and he's a lot more casual about it. And he finds out that the company that he's with is start is about to start laying people off. But, but he just kind of go, you know, he's, he's like, Hey, you know, I'm just going to be me. I'm going to have a positive attitude that things are going to work out. And sure enough, these people that were in charge of the layoffs weren't so, so impressed by his attitude. They decided to promote him. Having said that, his he did have friends that that worked at the company. They unfortunately did get laid off. That upset my friend, and uh, my friend decided to kind of plot with them uh, on, on getting the company back. I don't know what came of that. Uh, that company actually ended up the building burned down, and, and my friend went into a different job, and and his two friends that fired whatever they were planning and didn't work out, so they did something else. But the moral of the story is is that. He sought some some guidance, but it was all about attitude. He changed his attitude. Things started looking up for him. He got a new girlfriend. She was a waitress at this restaurant down the street that he always had a crush on, and he had the courage to ask her out. He, you know, he was in a good place. So be like my friend Peter and change your attitude. Okay, we're all having fun here. Let's 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 tackle this Travers Day. Let's get into the picks. So bear with me if uh, there's a couple little bit of delays here because I've got Clayton and Pat's picks as well. So I'm going to be kind of bouncing back and forth between those. But, you know, it like I said earlier, this is the biggest day for Saratoga uh, of the year. So it's just going to be it's going to be a lot of fun. And these are a lot of big names. So if you follow the sport at all, I think you'll enjoy it. Uh, the first race is actually pretty interesting. So we're starting in the eighth. This is a mandatory pick five. Uh, eighth race is five and a half furlongs on the turf, so a sprint. This is the only non-stakes race in the sequence. This is a $149,000 allowance race. Now, here's the thing. The 13 horse, which is Super Quest, is an also eligible. I think this horse will probably get in. I'm not sure of it, but I think it will. If that's the case, Pat and I are both singling there. So just to to keep that, so we're keeping it honest there. If not, 
Um, I'm going to take the, the, excuse me, the two and the six. Um, Clayton's going to take, he does not have the 13, the two, four, five, six, uh, just to read those to you. The two is Monet never the four talking Pharaoh, the five Harry time and the six highly flammable Pat. If the 13 does not get in has the two, four, five, eight. Once again, the two Monet never the four talking Pharaoh, the five Harry time and the eight Detroit city. So I like the six here. That's one that uh, Clayton and I have one last time out at a similar level has been favored. Let's see three out of the last five races and and at a short price, the other two times. So I think this horse has got a good chance again, though, if this 13's in, I think it's far and away the best. Another one to look out for is the 12 Southern horse uh, who has IRAD on it. It'll be interesting to see the 13 also eligible is supposed to have IRAD. So we'll kind of see how that plays out. But again, if the 13 is, is there, Pat and I are taking the 13 moving on. This is where things get really fun. Go into the ninth race. This is seven furlongs on the dirt. This is the Allen Jerkins Memorial stakes. Grade one, um, little dirt sprint. Love those. I, I, the this this race, I honestly, I might be just as excited about as I am the Travers, and it's because of the five horse New York Thunder. Now, if you go back and watch the Amsterdam from a few weeks ago, this horse was, I think, six to one. It was it was about down to six to one. I think early on it was 10, 11 to one, something like that. But really impressive. Got out to the lead, didn't give it up, ended up winning by seven and a half. So needless to say, I'm taking New York Thunder. I am also going to take Arabian Lion, the six horse. That's a Baffert, John Velasquez. Those two together, uh, always got to watch out for them. And the last three starts, you're looking at speed figures of 107, 102, 102. Two of those being wins, one being a second. One the last, both times with, with Johnny V on there. And I mean, this is a big day, so Johnny V is going to be there. But again, to just make that PSA, I feel like Johnny V's workload has definitely gone down. So, you know, when you see him on a mount, I think I think it's something that he really wants to ride. So um, Clayton has the five and the six as well. So we are similar in that regard. And Pat has the one, two, and the five. The one is Drew's gold. The two is one in Vermilion. And the five New York thunder. All right. Moving on to the 10th race. Got another grade one. This is seven furlongs on the dirt as well. This is the ballerina. Uh, this is for Phillies and mares three years old. This is another interesting race. So good night. Olive is a, is a name that you would recognize because won the breeders cup personally, the ownership group is a group from Lexington that, that I'm, you know, kind of know. Uh, so always been a horse that I kind of cheered for. The interesting part of it is, is you got two Asmusen horse horses in here that I think actually have a, a pretty good chance. And then not to mention, you've got a Godolphin Brad Cox, uh, combo as well. So, uh, Clayton is going to single the six. So the six is echo Zulu that, that would be the main rival to Goodnight Olive. 
And, you know, good night, all of, in this case, the, the concern would be echo Zulu could get out to the lead and just never let anybody pass pass her. So, uh, ran a one twelve last time out at Saratoga on the 26th of July and one by seven and a quarter in a grade two. So certainly, <laughs> certainly has all the makings to do it. Uh, Pat's going to take both the, or excuse me, he's not taking. Yes. He's taking echo Zulu and good night olive. So that's probably the safe bet. I'm going to be a little bit different here. I'm actually going to throw out good night olive. Um, I had to kind of take a stand somewhere. So I am going to take the two Mataraya, the Godolphin Brad Cox. Uh, this horse hasn't run the speed figures, but has always been up there. And I think if, if she gets the perfect trip, uh, could make things happen. And then I'm going to take the two ass man horses. So I'm going to take the five wicked halo and the six echo Zulu wicked halo is going up in class. I'm going to go back to that T gaff. Uh, you know, I think you got to watch out for him a little bit and the return on investment. So wicked halo is going to be at a price. Uh, I think Mataraya might even be at a price because the six and seven echo Zulu and Goodnight Olive are going to take all the money and rightfully so. Uh, but I'm also taking echo Zulu too. So you know, there's the, there's the, I don't know if we'd call it the rule of thumb, but just the idea that if you see a trainer with multiple horses in the race, it's probably wise to at least take one of them. If not both, uh, I am going to take both not to say that, you know, they've got to act independently in that regard, but I mean, there's, there's certainly some meetings that happen and just to kind of figure out how both of them are going to play out. All right. And then moving on to the 11th race, this is a mile and a half on the inner turf. This is the sword dancer. Once again, another fun one. Uh, I think this will probably be the most interesting race that we have. Uh, everybody's a little bit different here. So Clayton's got the three and the six. The three is Bolshoi Ballet and the six is Channel Maker. I do like Channel Maker a lot here. Um, Pat has the five and the seven. The five is Pioneering Spirit, and the seven is Stone Age, and I have the one, three, and five. So I've got the one, Soldier Rising, the three, Bolshoi Ballet, and the five, Stone Or excuse me. Uh, I'm looking at the wrong race. I apologize. I've got the six and the seven also. Same as Pat. No, Pat has the five and the seven. Let's see here. Clayton has three, six, Pat has five, seven. I've got six, seven. I've got the six channel maker and I've got the seven stone age. Seven stone age is a Chad Brown been over in Europe. Um, went to guitar, did race at Keeneland, got second with Ryan Moore, Platt Pratt's on him. Source is built for a mile and a half. See what happens. And then the six Bill Mott has kind of been the man recently. So I'm going to just kind of hope that that hot streak continues. All right, moving on to the main event. We've got the grade one Traverse Stakes going a mile and a quarter. Uh, if you've been listening or following horse racing, you know every single horse on this list. Uh, Clayton's taking all of them. And I think that's very wise because I could see, I can make a case for every single one of these horses. You know, the the long shot here is Scotland, right? Which is Bill Motts, which I just talked about. And he, you know, that barn's so hot right now, you could absolutely see them pulling off an upset. 
They're 12 to 1 morning line. I imagine it'll probably go up. Um, I could be wrong about that. We'll see what happens race day. I just imagine because it is the one of these horses that has not been in these these types of stakes races, it's probably going to get ignored a little bit. Pat has the one six seven, the one being Forte, the six being Disarm, and the seven being Scotland. So he's going a little bit, uh, going a little bit off the beaten path here too. Not too much, but with Disarm and Scotland, I would say those will be your two biggest long shots. But they each one absolutely have a chance. Um, I am going, and this is what I read last time. I'm going with the one three and the five. So, excuse me, I'm going with the one four and the five. I've got the one Forte. I've got the four mage and I've got the five national treasure. So let me take you through my thought process here real quick because, and this means absolutely nothing, but this is just how my mind works when I'm looking at these types of races. So part of me is kind of like, all right, Forte and mage first time matching up since the Florida Derby. So we didn't get to see him in the Kentucky Derby. Uh, Forte didn't run in the Preakness either. Mage didn't run in the Belmont. Uh, mage also did not run in the Jim dandy. So, which was a sloppy race. And of course there was the inquiry and whether Forte should have been taken down. I'm just going to throw that out. Even though it was a win for Forte, I'm just throwing it out, but I will be curious to see how, if, if mage and Forte kind of make what happened in the Florida Derby happen here. Now, the reason I'm adding national treasure is a, is a simple, simplistic reason but it's it's similar to the reason he won the Preakness. He's the only early speed in the race. And if, you know, I've talked about this over and over again, that I will not let a horse get on the lead and just beat me because it's infuriating when you have something behind it and you think they've got horse and then the, the horse in front just kicks clear and, and there's no catching them. So I've got the five national treasure plus it's Bob Baffert and Johnny V once again. And, you know, I just, it, it seems silly to, to leave out the horse that is the only one that does something amongst the seven. So if you had to make me place a win bet, I'm actually going to take mage here. And I know that seems a little bit off because I feel like after the Derby, everybody's just kind of gotten away from mage, but I think this race sets up pretty well. I think the, the layoff, well, excuse me, he wasn't the Haskell, um, got second. I, I just, I think this, this, this could be a, a good race for him, but you know, we'll see. This will be just kind of a, it'll be a rematch between the two. And then, of course, you've always got Archangelo, who I slept on in the Belmont, and I'm sleeping on probably here again, especially because Castellano did choose to ride on, on, uh, Archangelo as opposed to Mage. So, you know, that's something I'm choosing to not value as much, but, um, this is just, just kind of going with my gut here a little bit. So, uh, one, four and five. So just, to run those down real quick. Uh, Pat has the two, four, five, eight, unless the 13 gets in and he's singling followed by the one, two, five in the ninth race and the 10th race, he's got the six and the seven in the 11th. He's got the five and the seven. And in the 12th, he's got the one, six, seven Clayton in the eighth has the two, four, five, six, uh, in the ninth, the five, six in the 10th, the six in the 11th, the three, six. And in the 12th, he's got all of them. 
and I have in the eighth, the 13 singled. And if the 13 does not get in, I've got the two and the six. I might add the 12 there too. Just if the, if the 13 doesn't get in, 13 gets in, I'm singling. And I think, I think you will. There's a lot of horses there. So I feel like there's going to be a scratch somewhere. Uh, race nine, I've got the five and the six. Race 10, I've got the two, five and the six. Race 11, I've got the six, seven. Race 12, I've got one, four, five. My ticket will cost you on 50 cents, $36. Mine's a pretty shocky ticket. Uh, there's a couple of areas that I left for opportunity, namely the good, good night olive race. I'm kind of hoping that we see a little, either Mataraya or, uh, wicked, wicked halo can, can do something special there. And then, you know, maybe I catch a price with national treasure or mage and, and the, the Travers, but other than that, you know, with these days can go anywhere. They call they don't call Saratoga the graveyard of favorites for no reason. So me picking a chalky ticket probably isn't the wisest thing. But for the most part, I think this meet has been somewhat chalky anyway. So uh that's all. Let's see. I only went 28 minutes. It'll probably be a little over 30 when when everything's all said and done. But hopefully you stuck with me. Um, hopefully you learned a lesson about positivity and staying positive. Hopefully my friend Peter's story helped, uh, to motivate you in that regard. Uh, please let us know what you guys are doing this weekend. As far as the Travers goes at pick three pod on Twitter and Instagram. Also, I want to remind you if you listened last week or didn't listen last week, uh, we are going to do kind of a mailbag style episode at some point. Once we get enough engagement from you guys, on Twitter, Instagram, or whatever means you can to contact me. Uh, just with a question can be horse racing related. Doesn't have to be make it fun. We, you know, we're, we're here to just kind of hang out and laugh anyway. So hope you guys have a wonderful weekend and happy racing. Yeah, I'm the man.